The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the cruise capital of the world in Miami, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. On this show, we'll rebroadcast our interview from 2010 with our medical correspondent, Ed McDonough. Also, listener Kristen Smith from St. Louis will give us her review of the Celebrity Equinox. But first, Doug Parker is standing by in Miami with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Yeah, Matt, I'm here with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Actually, at the Miami Yacht Club, the cruise ships are behind us, the beach is in front of us. Stuart, man, how's it going? It is great, and as you know, fresh off the airplane from San Francisco. Yeah, how was that? San Francisco is by far one of the most amazing cities in the world, and it was a very fitting place because I got to see uh, and go on board uh, Queen Elizabeth again. Canard's Queen Elizabeth uh, made her uh, maiden uh, visit to the city by the bay uh, this past weekend, and you should have seen the the throngs of people that came down to the Embarcadero to see this magnificent ship. Now, she's like, what, a year and a half old? You've been on her before, right? How does she look? Well, I was on her for the naming ceremony. That was, I guess, what, October 2010, uh, back in January uh, 2011, uh, and she she looks brand new. Uh, there's there's not a chip on her. She looks great. And these passengers were just completing the first leg of the 111-day wow. around-the-world cruise. And there, there was a lot of very happy people uh, that I saw on board the ship, as well as uh, sad people, because they were leaving. And rich people, too, I'm sure. Yes, a lot of very <laughs> wealthy people. Taking it back home here in Florida. A couple of ships uh, had a norovirus outbreak over the weekend, and I think, what, two here in Lauderdale and one uh, up in New Orleans. Uh, what ships were they, and uh, is this all gone now? It was a couple of the Princess ships, and then they had uh, Voyager of the Seas up in New Orleans. But, you know, the, the point of uh, is interesting is, you know, none of these were outbreaks. None of them exceeded the, the 3% threshold of the passenger crew complement on each of these ships. And it really, it's just... You know, one of these media sensationalized events, because you have to keep consider that nine out of ten outbreaks, you know, when I use the quotes, uh, actually, are, you know, happen land based. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was interesting when I was in San Francisco, they had a uh, prep school there that had an outbreak uh, where 330 um, staff and uh, students mm-hmm. had norovirus. And so it was interesting when I was doing uh, my TV and radio out there that you know a lot of the reporters were like, "This really isn't a big deal." Sure. That the media does you know, over, over dramatized, you know, during slow news, day, news days about the norovirus, because I mean, what's important to know that it's not the ships with the norovirus, it's people that are sick coming on board the ships with the norovirus. And that's why you see the, the uh, antibacterial stations all over the ship. Most important thing to do, keep your hands clean, wash them. So it's safe to say then, if folks are being clean, if every passenger on those princess ships were washing their hands, being careful, there wouldn't be any kind of uh, virus going around, norovirus. It would be well, it would be well controlled. Okay. And uh, it, it's just important you know, to keep in mind, look, a lot of people are not going to self-quarantine themselves and they're going to, you know, they're not going to be considerate of other 
their passengers. Right. And of course, when they they are in, uh, affected, they're they're certainly not going to take too kindly uh, to being quarantined to their cabin. But the cruise lines actually do a very good job scrubbing the ship and doing a good job at containing these these outbreaks. Let me ask you this: Say you go roll onto a ship to embark and you have norovirus or symptoms, will the cruise line give you your money back if you can't sail? It is, it is on a case-by-case -case basis, and you will have to have a doctor's note, but uh, they will work with you. And, I mean, of course, they're not going to knowingly allow a, a, you know, an infected uh, passenger to board the ship under any circumstance. A lot of ships in and out of dry dock these days. Uh, two just came out in the past couple of weeks. So what ships were they, and what can we expect from them? Well, we had uh, Princess Cruises, Sapphire Princess. And, uh, you know, she's going to be she's sailing uh, on the West Coast and she's still doing her sailings uh, to the Mexican Riviera as well as out to uh, Australia before, you know, she's going to be heading up to Alaska for the summer uh, so, you know, soon. And uh, we also had uh, Carnival Spirit, which was the first of the Spirit uh, class ships. And uh, she's actually getting ready to head out to Australia for their first season. Did you see that water slide on there? Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> monstrous. I know we hit on this every week, but it's been almost a month from uh, since the Costa Concordia accident. How's pricing looking this week, and what's new out of the Costa camp? Costa right now is taking uh, salvage uh, proposals, and hopefully they're going to begin to uh, salvage uh, the ship and, and move it because it is blocking the entryway into the port. But, uh, you know, the good thing is that pricing is very stable. Actually, it's, it's gone up. There's been a recent surge of bookings. But some people are confused because the media is, you know, has been reporting that there was a drop in bookings, which, of course, the weekend of the accident, uh, you know, keep in mind a lot of people were glued to their TV sets, but it was also a federal holiday that weekend with Martin Luther King's birthday. And, you know, those tend to be... Uh, you know, slower uh, booking weekends. You said the Costa ship is kind of blocking the harbor. Do cruise ships actually tender there or go into that port? No, Doug. Uh, Gilio is not on any itineraries uh, as far as the islands in that area that you know can accommodate a cruise ship. You know, that would be uh, Sardinia and Corsica, which are you know uh, from Italy and France. Uh, Gilio is too small. Keep in, keep in mind that you know you've got a ship that can carry about 3,000 passengers, and these islands uh, only have 1,500 people living there, so they would not be able to accommodate uh, the passenger complement from these ships. Hey, Stuart, Disney Cruise Lines is taking delivery of Disney Fantasy this weekend, right? Yeah, what's really exciting, Matt, is uh, Disney is taking delivery of their brand new Disney Fantasy, which uh, we're expecting to see uh, arrive in New York after it's completed on February 28th. Its naming ceremony is scheduled for March the 1st. And I think all the fun and activities when it gets down to Canaveral will be around uh, March 26th. But uh, it's, it's exciting. Look, hey, the newest cruise ship in the world is about to uh, be uh, taken delivery by Disney Cruise Lines. Bye, Stuart. Hey, we wish you were here. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon.
Hey, I'm Matt Bassford here with Doug Parker. I want to talk to you about TripInsurance.com. They are the low-cost leader in travel insurance. The folks at TripInsurance.com have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Now, we know you're going to shop around on other websites, but one thing is for certain. When you go to TripInsurance.com, you are sure to save up to 40% or more. And with TripInsurance.com, you're not just stuck with one type of travel insurance. They have three different types, good, better, or best, one to fit every budget. And of course, we all love and need to talk to an actual person. That's what you get with TripInsurance.com, 24-7 telephone support, just to show you how committed they are to you, the customer. And you can take care of most of your plans right there on their website, and of course, they will alert you of anything that could affect your vacation. Just go to TripInsurance.com. Each week, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. If your upcoming Caribbean cruise lands you in St. Lucia between April 30th and May 13th, be sure to check out the St. Lucia Jazz Festival, now in its 21st year. More than 50 acclaimed artists are scheduled to perform, including headliner Lionel Richie, as well as singer Ziggy Marley, pop and hip-hop star Melanie Fiona, jazz aficionado Joshua Redman, gospel king Kirk Franklin, and others. A host of St. Lucia's leading musicians complement the lineup. The festival is held at Pigeon Island National Landmark, one of the Caribbean's most historic and beautiful landmarks. With the Atlantic Ocean as a backdrop, it's an ideal spot for any event. For the full lineup, show dates, venues, and ticket sales, log on to stluciajazz.org. We have with us on the line physician's assistant, Ed McDonough. Welcome to Cruise Radio. Thank you, Matt. And you're in Jacksonville. Yes, I am. Very nice. We want to talk about norovirus, which sometimes happens on cruise ships. First of all, what exactly is norovirus, and how does it differ from the flu or food poisoning? Well, the norovirus is actually a group of viruses that causes the stomach flu. So it doesn't cause any respiratory problems. It's all GI or or gastrointestinal type symptoms. And what are those symptoms specific to norovirus? Well, typically they would include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, sometimes some stomach cramping. Uh, You can sometimes have a low-grade fever, chills, um, headache, muscle aches. They can be typical flu-type symptoms, but it's it's mostly, um, like I said, stomach type of stuff. Okay, so what should one do if they suspect they have norovirus, aside from, you know, notifying crew members or going to the infirmary? Well, first off, the norovirus is highly contagious, and it's transmitted by what's called oral fecal route. And what that means is that um, people that that may not have the best of hygiene or don't wash their hands after going to the bathroom, they touch something that's ingested by somebody else. And the symptoms usually start within 24 to 48 hours after uh, exposure. So. Um, the, the symptoms are usually pretty severe and usually pretty sudden in onset, and there's not a whole lot to do about it, unfortunately. So uh, as far as, you know, what should someone do once they develop the symptoms, obviously you would go to the infirmary. The biggest concern is dehydration. Um, you're not keeping any food down or any liquids down, and you're having diarrhea, so you're, you know, anything you do get in comes right back up or goes right back out. So dehydration is one of the, the major issues. So... Fluids, small amounts of fluids at a time is probably the, the biggest thing. Um, it doesn't last very long and generally is, is self-limiting and goes away without any treatment. So people who are dirty and don't have good hygiene pass it along. <laughs> and those aren't the people that should be uh, feeding us. <laughs> be, beware the dirty people. That's, uh, right. that's not true, obviously. Some uh, innocent people uh, get this and uh, unfor- hopefully don't, don't pass it along. But. Well, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's the kind of thing that... You know, you can find it on countertops. It's not, it's not a, bi- a bad hygiene type of uh, illness. It's just 
you know, transmitted by bacteria that's found in, in stool or in vomit. And, you know, like I said, if someone didn't necessarily wash their hands or wash their hands well, put their hands on a counter, um, it can be found in, in um, food, that's, that's, you know, like vegetables, that kind of thing, where they're cutting vegetables and it was on the vegetables. Right. Um, so it's not necessarily a bad hygiene type of, of illness. Right. In fact, it isn't. And Certainly. all types of people, all levels of people will, you know, can't get this. And it spreads quickly. Yeah, norovirus shows no prejudice. That's correct. That's um, very correct. Are there any cases where norovirus is fatal? I guess from dehydration, possibly, but it go, people who uh, do not treat it or acknowledge it could probably, possibly, in rare cases, die from it. It's it's rare that it's fatal. People that would you know be of concern for that would pe- be people that are immunocompromised already, so their immune system is already weakened, their body is yeah. weakened. The elderly, um, yeah. children, um, again, people with with illnesses, diabetes, for example. Um, you know, it, it could screw up their, their blood sugars. Um, in that regard, for the most part, it's, it's, not, it's not fatal, uh, pretty self-limiting, goes away within a couple of days without a whole lot of treatment. But again, dehydration, and if there's someone that's at risk for dehydration, they're the ones that are going to be in danger. So obviously, take advantage of all those hand sanitizers that are on board before you go into uh, common areas, for example, the, the, the dining areas. And, of course, you know, the thing is about the questionnaires before you board the ship that say, have you been sick, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people are lying because they don't want to be turned away. Right. It it always astounds me when I'm in the restroom and I see guys walk right out without washing their hands. I'm like, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. And and that's a real common thing, and that's that's exactly how it's spread. How long after you contract norovirus will you feel the, the real sickness? Usually about 24 to 48 hours. And I'm sorry, you know, I know you said this earlier. How long does it take to run its course, you know, with the, with the vomiting and the diarrhea last? Usually about two to three days. Okay. And again, these are, these are you know, very varied numbers, but, but this is kind of on average. Physician's assistant Ed McDonough, thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate the information. You're quite welcome. I enjoyed it. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Delighted to have listener Kristen Smith out of St. Louis, Missouri. Recently, she took an 11-night cruise aboard the Celebrity Equinox. Kristen, welcome to Cruise Radio. Thank you very much for having me. First off, tell us all about embarkation. Was it efficient? Yes, it was very efficient. Uh, we arrived uh, to the embarkation uh, terminal about uh, 11.15 or so, uh, and within about 10 minutes, we were uh, on board. I love celebrity, and it just it leaves a good impression the instant you see it. What were your first impressions? Well, this was our first time actually uh, sailing on celebrity. We had pretty high expectations for the dining and for the service. Um, and we were uh, we were just really thrilled overall with the cruise. The ship is nothing short of amazing. Um, we um, had a fantastic cabin, probably the best cabin we've uh, we've ever had. We were in concierge class um, on the sky deck in one of the bump out cabins, so we had an extra large balcony. Uh, the room was uh, wonderful, um, great uh, great layout. Uh, the overall ship facilities were were just. Spectacular um, artwork, beautiful artwork everywhere. Love the use of color. Um, just an absolutely gorgeous ship. Tell us more about the food. We ate. Uh, we did the select dining, um, and we ate in the in the main dining room for um, every night except for the three sea days. 
when we tried all of the different specialty restaurants. What was your favorite? Um, my favorite uh, specialty restaurant was definitely Silk Harvest, uh, yes. both from a service perspective as well as the food and the atmosphere. Everything was just top-notch. I just wish they wouldn't have taken that restaurant off the newer ships because that was my favorite, too, on Solstice. Mm. And you went to Murano. And what was the other one? The Tuscan? Is it Tuscan? Tuscan Grill, yes. right. I was a little disappointed in, in Tuscan Grill, uh, surprisingly so. Um, we uh, we kind of had a little bit of off-service, uh, mm-hmm. at least in comparison to what we have had been enjoying on the ship, and um, the food just wasn't quite uh, quite as good as, huh. as I uh, as I had expected. Um, Interesting. I mean, it was. I'm glad that we tried it, but it was definitely of the three. It was uh, it was my uh, my my least favorite. With you being a big princess cruiser, um, how was the main dining room experience for you versus their food? I would say. From an overall menu, from from appetizer through dessert, we preferred the menus on Princess. It seemed like on Princess there was always something in in each of the courses that we were really interested in having, and the desserts especially. Um, here on Celebrity, there might be you know one or two items um, that were were a standout, but. Generally speaking, we weren't really impressed with the desserts. Yeah, um, they just didn't seem to appeal to us very much. Um, so I was a little, I was a little surprised that the overall menu consistency, um, I think, was uh, we we preferred Princess. Does Eclipse have that, or sorry, does Equinox have that giant wine rack in the uh, main dining room? Uh, yes, they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Recently, Celebrity has dumped a lot of money in their entertainment program. What did you think of the entertainment aboard the ship? Uh, the acapella group, Full Tilt, was absolutely fantastic, and we tended to follow them around the ship to their various performances. They were they were phenomenal. Um, we uh, we went to most of the production shows, uh, definitely the first night show, the, the Equinox, a la Cirque du Soleil type show was absolutely fantastic. Um, the uh, and the other shows were good too. Uh, what I think though that we we missed having some of the alternative entertainment options that we were used to on Princess. Uh, for instance, a, a comedian um, available in in an alternate show lounge. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have that, and apparently they had not had a piano player on board for Michael's uh, Michael's Club since March. Wow. And the piano piano entertainment was de- is definitely one of the things that we have really enjoyed on Princess. We've uh, been fortunate to sail on uh, when uh, J- Jerry Ring and Sammy Goldstein, uh, two of our absolute favorites. So we've always enjoyed that as a as an alternative entertainment option, and and this really wasn't wasn't available um, on on Celebrity. I was a little surprised by that. Did you spend any time in the Long Club? Um, a, a little bit. We uh, we went to a couple of the Hot Glass shows, uh, which were very nice. Um, a lot lot of lot of fun to to watch those. Um, but it was for the most part it was it was kind of cool on our sailing up until maybe the very last couple days. So it wasn't really conducive to say picnics out on the lawn. So other than you know just the novelty of uh, you know kicking off our shoes and walking through the grass a couple times, um, we didn't really spend a lot of time up there. What ports did you hit, and what was your favorite? We had port stops in Mykonos. Uh, Kusadasi uh, for Ephesus, of course. Um, we overnighted in Istanbul. Um, we had Athens, Santorini, and Naples. Um, as far as my favorite, um, I, I had such high expectations for Santorini uh, going into the cruise. That was one of the must-have ports on the itinerary, and one of the reasons why we chose this itinerary. And it was 
just nothing short of spectacular, um, Ia, the village of Ia especially. Um, but the opportunity to overnight in Istanbul was a very important reason as well why we chose this itinerary, and that was absolutely amazing. So much stuff to see in, in Istanbul. How was disembarkation? Well, we had, uh, through our cruise critic roll call group, we had arranged for private uh, transportation via Rome cabs to, uh, to get to the airport. So we opted for the self-disembarkation option, and we walked right off, no, no delays whatsoever. Kristen, for people who have sailed other cruise lines like Princess or Holland America and such, um, do you have any first-time tips or advice for these people who may be considering going on celebrity cruises? One of the things um, that I had read about as a tip um, for Embarkation Day was to um, go up to Bistro on 5 for lunch on Embarkation Day. Uh, most people aren't familiar with it uh, right off the bat. It tends to be pretty quiet, less chaos than, say, the buffet area. So that's what we did because um, your cabins aren't available when you first get on the ship. That's different from what we've experienced with Princess. Um, so we were ready, of course, to eat huh. naturally, um, being on a cruise. Uh-huh. So we headed straight for Bistro on Five, for the uh, which is the crepery place. Um, it's a five dollar surcharge, but well worth it. The crepes are are large and delicious. Um, lots of fresh ingredients. They have both savory and sweet. So that was a really nice, relaxing way um, to uh, to start off the cruise. So I would highly recommend a visit to Bistro on Five. And that is perfect advice. I'm just like you. Got to eat as soon as we get on the ship. From St. Louis, Missouri, Kristen Smith, really appreciate you sharing your experience with us. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget we're on the Stitcher Radio Network, the easiest and best way to listen to Cruise Radio and other podcasts and streaming live radio. Just go to cruiseradio.net, click on the Stitcher Radio icon. Don't forget, it is a free app for your smartphone. For Doug Parker on assignment, I'm Matt Bassford from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.